0: Gordon, welcome into the Micah Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. Mike, Micah, and LQ on the podcast. Uh, We're coming to recap the draft. We're going to have more off-season NFL coverage coming your way, but the draft just ended. It was a fun three days. Micah, I'll start with you here on our first question. There were a lot of conversations about how exactly this was going to work out, whether a virtual draft was the right way to go, whether Roger Goodell should have postponed it. In your opinion, what? How do you think it went? Do you think that this is something that was good that the the country had that something to like get our mind off of, um, get our mind off of basically what's going on in the country right now?
1: I definitely think it was the smoothest it could have possibly been given the circumstances and given how you had to kind of have like telework and how you have to make sure everything, everybody's connection is right, make sure everything runs smoothly. Um, you know how just working half the people working in studio, have people working at home. Um, and just the logistics of all that, everything—it was a smooth operation, and I think, um, I think it was an absolute success. If I'm not mistaken, I think draft ratings went up. Like, uh, I don't know if it was a, a 15%. But it was a, it 16 was 16
0: million the yeah, in draft history.
1: Yeah, it, it was the most watched draft, and you know, it might be because we're all home with nothing to do, but it's also because that kind of—I feel like the, the different type of access we got was it was unprecedented. It was one of those things where, you know, every coach and every GM has a camera set up in their house. The players have cameras set up in their house. There's a lot of moments within that. we seen the funny moments. CeeDee Lamb snatching his, uh, his phone back from it. Shorty like, no, you don't need to see that. I got the burner phone. I don't, <laughs> don't even, even know what's going on over there. Shorty getting moved. Her mom's moving her, literally picking her up. That's good stuff. What's it called? Um, Bill Shakes dog making a Kyle Duggar pick. Like, <laughs> all that stuff is good TV, and it makes good content. And I think going forward, I think they should definitely look into kind of, you know, making it, a, more, make it a, a little bit more of a social uh, kind of thing. You know, the Radio City Music Hall and the, the players walking out and stuff like that is great, and it's great for them. But they still have their moments at home, and I think that's pretty important um, just to go forward and really see how you can innovate and really change things. LQ? Um, I agree,
2: man. Like uh, Micah said, the rating's definitely crazy. Um... I think uh, one of my favorite parts was just like seeing the raw emotion from everybody at home. Um, you guys know like the uh, first round and maybe like a few other picks from, you know, are the only people that are actually there. Mm-hmm. So by everybody being home and you seeing everybody's family and those reactions and things like that, it, I guess added more of a reality and a real feel to it. Um, like you guys said, the moments with like C D Lamb and everything like that, that was, that's great TV, man. Um, there was a moment like where Bill O'Brien was about to punch the monitor, like he was upset because his like pick didn't work out, or somebody picked his pick, or connection bad, or whatever the situation was. That's that's real. That's real things, and I think that adds another element to the game. Um, Goodell even had some of the fans sending their booze, like that. That type of authenticity, is, uh, authenticity is what we need right now. So um, in the future, if they continue to move forward like this, it would be great. Um, myself, I look forward to actually going to Vegas this year to go see the draft and they did it this virtual way. So, um, if there is no opportunity to go see one, this virtual thing is definitely the way to go. They said they were going to integrate Madden or something. I don't really know why that didn't work out, but maybe next year that's something that they could maybe look to do.
0: Yeah, I I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, at first I wasn't a proponent of the NFL just continuing the process just because, yeah, the big stars we already know where they're going, top five or whatever. But for the small school guys, for the D2, D3 guys that need to have pro days to get their their looks, to get uh, to get uh, meetings with coaches, and to meet in person versus like on a phone, it's a mm. it's a big difference for those small school guys. So I was like, push it back, like wait till uh, wait till everything is back to normal, and then we try this again. But I'll admit I was wrong. It, it worked out perfectly. They still had their small school guys be able to get picked they had a uh, zoom meetings as we saw uh jerry jones with jalen hurts that one time where he was on his tv and they were talking for um talking for a while so they still had an opportunity to meet yet yeah, it's not as like personable as meeting somebody in person and like shaking their hand but you got the opportunities that to me and you still have undrafted free agency where you can get signed and if you really were supposed to be a draft pick you'll prove it in can it's as simple as that you'll be able to prove it in camp. So I think it was a total success. Um day one, I was very nervous that it was nothing was gonna work because we we got reports the day before that uh the first pick there was a delay. Oh, yeah. it, it didn't go down. So I was like, okay, this is gonna be a disaster but it was pretty smooth. Um Roger Goodell he may be a robot, but hey, he tried his best. He he was trying to be he was trying to he be. Was lit, he was yeah, lit, bro. Like he was lit.
1: They got that human. They can put some human AI in him, bro. Yeah, he was having fun. He leaned back a couple of picks. Like oh yeah he, was, yeah, he yeah. Back. On, he was
0: <laughs> on his chair where he watches the game. So he he was trying. He was uh he was working. So, it, I I think it was a success. And like you said, LQ, like I still want. Obviously, we still want the in person draft because of those first round, uh, those top like first round picks, but now instead of us having um, those cameras go out to the first-round picks, now we're sending those cameras out to day two and day three. So we have the full, like, the full range of uh, players being drafted and knowing that, oh, this is, like, their big moment. And especially if you're a day three guy, sixth or seventh-round pick, the way you're getting drafted, because you don't know if you're getting drafted, the way you feel that emotion of getting drafted is much different than a day one type of guy. So, and half like, of those
2: people get picked on commercials and, like, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so, like, bro. So yeah, like, half of those people get.
0: So like seeing like their reactions would definitely like, I think take it to another level. So this may have like actually been something that ended up working out. Like we never would have known this, but now we have the uh, capability to go ahead and just post, um, give everybody cameras. You set it up. We see your family. We get those moments, like you said, Micah, and and it works out perfectly. Another point I want to bring up, uh, I'll start with you here, LQ, is coaches actually came out and said that this was a lot better for them, that they, Got to do the draft prep at home, like they had their setup, and they got to spend time with their family. Brian Flores was like, "I've never had this much dinner with, uh, this much time to like eat dinner with my kids and like do homework and stuff." And he was a he was a D coordinator in in the Patriots. This is 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 his, 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 his uh, what first or second draft, and yeah, and second draft, second draft. and he, he's like, "Oh, this is different." And he's the head coach and with more responsibility. So, do you think that because a lot of coaches have come out and said? oh, this is amazing that we could see a change where coaches start working from home for a draft prep and stuff like that?
2: Uh, I could definitely see that, man. Like, you uh, guys know I've been talking about it all weekend. Cliff Kingsbury's war room is <laughs> ridiculous. So I, I'm sure if they could continue to do that year after year and maybe send, like, uh, maybe just a GM or, you know, somebody to represent the team, they would rather do it that way. But yeah. I'm pretty sure if the coaches could have it their way, they'd probably stay home.
1: Michael? I definitely think it opens up the possibilities to just be more remote and to have a little more flexibility with, you know, bringing the guys in every day and having them just away from the families. I definitely think that is one of the biggest things from this time. You're seeing how much things can be accomplished not being, you know, physically there, how much work can be accomplished at home and how things we consider, you know, essential aren't really that essential. Like, I mean, you could do a lot of this work at home and yes, it is good to get in the building and grind out those hours and that's that's something that's very important to the process. But it's also like you don't have to be there twenty four seven. You don't have to do twenty hour days during the draft process. Like you can go home, you can still do your work. You can get the proper film work done and still call guys and still do what you have to do. And a lot most teams executed really well in the draft and I don't think a lot of teams fell out of things and a lot of teams didn't make panic picks. And I think it was a, a pretty good process for what it was all uh, you know, through and through.
0: Yeah, so I think actual draft day, um Coaches, GMs, uh, scouts, and everything will still all want to be in like the building and like, yeah, yeah. be able, be war able to talk, yeah, war yeah. room talk and discuss that picks. But I think leading up, like all to that point, I think there's a possibility that coaches just be like, "Well, my GM is the one that's gonna like unless I have to like meet with the player. That's the only reason why I go in. But all my other prep is done at home. I have my my IT guy come and set everything up. And why not? Let me let me spend more time with my family. Let me be able to be like a father and also a coach. So I think this opened the door that. You're going to be able to have like coaches be at home, but obviously on draft day they'll still be in that war room. But I, I mean, I guess that's that's pretty nice to see that they could finally like be fathers. Because what Bill Belichick used to sleep on his couch in his <laughs> office <laughs> after he done after he was done grinding film, he would just go and sleep on his couch. So now, hey, he can be at home and feed his dog because we <laughs> we saw that uh, that moment where his dog was the only one in his own personal war room. But moving on from the logistics of the draft, draft, let's get to the actual draft. It was pretty interesting day one. I think because of the technology, we didn't really see that as many trades as we've seen in the previous um, couple of years. And that's something that we'll, we'll see a uptick again next year when everything is back to normal. But the day one through day three saw a lot of questionable and great decisions. So Mike, I'll start with you here. Give me one of your winners from this draft.
1: Um. I think this is maybe a consensus pick uh, just across the board from what I've seen. It's got to be the Denver Broncos. They addressed a lot of their needs and they have a lot of needs as a, as a team in the AFC West, but they addressed one of the biggest needs and that's playmaking. And that's getting guys around a young quarterback, um, you know, and just hoping that the system can work with what you're bringing in. Um, the first two picks were just proof that they're moving to more of an off, uh, off- offensive mindset. And I guess kind of, Seeing what's happening in the AFC West and the trend, at least in that division, you're going to have to put up 35-plus points a game just to win. So let's not focus too much on the defensive side. Yes, I know a lot of teams in the division, like the Chargers, had really, really good defensive offseasons. But let's get guys to count on that. Let's get speed guys, especially when you're playing a mile high. We all know how that air quality is. uh, It it plays a factor. But you're getting Jerry Judy and and KJ Hamler in in the first two rounds, and you're just showing us that you're ready to throw 50 times a game. (laughs) Getting, you know, spending your next couple of uh, picks on interior guys, getting uh, getting Lloyd Cushionberry and things like that from LSU, you know, solidifying that. Um, and, you know, just going down the board, they had a very, very solid drive. It was to the point where they get into Tam Muti in the sixth round, and people had him going as high as the second or third round, and that's just a, a good drive. They got Albert O in the fourth round. Um, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of things you can do when you have multiple offensive weapons. I think. That was one of the big things in this draft. That there were so many weapons. That literally, like, they got Tyree Cleveland in the seventh round, which is uh, one of the steals of the draft for me, just because he's a dynamic playmaker. But there's so much talent out there. You could do so much, and you just have to just put the guys in the right places. And I think they're starting to do that in Denver. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have an uptick in wins. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but I think they have, you know, the right core and the right guys around. Drew Locke to, to really start something there. So, it's good to see Elway finally hit on a lot of picks. I think this is his I best draft. Yeah, this is his best <laughs> draft since since really probably that Von Miller year or him in that offseason when he got Peyton Manning and things like that They're finally turning things around.
0: Okay, what do you think about the Broncos and who did you have as another winner?
1: Uh, yeah,
2: man, I think the Broncos did a great job, man. Like you said, bro, just getting those playmakers around Jeezy Locke could just G-Z. open up that whole offense, bro. They got Melvin Gordon this mm-hmm. offseason. They have Phillip Lindsay, so just that one-two right there is pretty nice. And they just got uh, – I think they got one of the best tight ends in the draft. That was crazy. He played with um, Drew Locke back in zoo, so they already have some type of connection. Uh, they got him some offensive line to help out too. So I think the Broncos did a really good job. Um, as far as my winner, as much as it pains me to say, man, it's those Baltimore Ravens, man. They, uh, they went crazy, bro. Um the, the Patrick Queen pick, uh, I know Judon's not going to be there forever. So that right there just gives them the next great Raven linebacker. I think Lamar called him the next Ray Lewis. So mm-hmm. we got that to worry about. Uh, after that, they got J.K. Dobbins, which is the best running back in the draft, maybe behind uh, DeAndre Swift. But nonetheless, you know, one of the best – Game-changing backs that were in college football last year. So just those two rounds right there, and then they just kept it going. And I don't know who's been drafting in that draft room or what they've been doing, but the um, I think it's the fifth round pick that wide receiver that went to the smallest bucket. Get his name All right, right. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so he's, so he's they an animal, just, bro. Like they just don't miss. I think um, he had maybe around 300 targets and maybe dropped five.
1: So. Bro, they got Geno Stone in the seventh round, which if you watch any Big Ten football, you know what Geno Stone was doing. So basically every scene, he was – you want to talk about just a box safety, bro, that's going to whack somebody, bro. It's its, it's, it's a lot of possibilities. Tony Jefferson isn't that deep threat. He's isn't that, you know, that, that threat in the run game anymore. And I'm pretty sure they had a good offseason. They, uh, they got, like, Geno Stone. Like, if somebody goes down, you have Geno Stone right there. They got Malik Harrison and Patrick Queen, bro. Like, they, they went crazy. they They had a great – They had a a great, great draft.
2: So, um, they they drafted pretty good as well as the um, Detroit – I mean, not Detroit, uh, I want to say Cleveland drafted well. The whole AFC North, so they get my uh, winners and shout-outs.
0: All right. Uh, I do – I agree with both of you guys on Broncos and Ravens. No more to say about that. I personally am going to have to pick one that hurts me too, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Dallas Cowboys (laughs) had a great draft. And they had a great job because of value. Every pick – every player that they picked was a value pick. C. D. Lamb, there was – I, I He think wasn't there supposed were,
2: to make it out the top 10, bro. I didn't bro. think
0: there was any shot. Like, that was not That was not something that even crossed my mind. I was like, oh, they're probably going to get Xavier McKinney or get, like, a, a defensive player, and we'll move on from there. Cool. And then I see C. D. Lamb at 15. I'm like, oh, all right. 16. I'm like, well, you get – what I I thought he was the best uh, wide receiver in college football. It's either him or Jerry Judy. You get him at 19, where you're already a good team. You already have Amari Cooper. You have Gallup, and now you're adding C.D. Lamb to the mix. So yeah, that's a that's a, already an A draft just off of that pick. But then they follow it up, and then they get Diggs. Diggs, I'm not the biggest proponent. I wasn't a big fan of him. His game in college, he wasn't. He was projected a late first round, uh, late first round, early second. They didn't get him in the late first or early second. They got him later in the second round and another value pick. So, like, having the opportunity to get players that, yes, they – they C. D. Lamb, he's just amazing to me, but, like, somebody like Diggs who had some issues here and there, but you see the talent, and if you can mold it right, he can be a good player. It it works out perfectly for them. Then they uh, uh, held up their defense with getting edge rushers. Um, They were able to get a backup uh, QB in Ben DiNucci who – he was actually Pitt's former QB before he transferred to uh, JMU. He's he lost, uh, yeah, because he lost his job, and then I see he's getting drafted. And he's a, he's a good quarterback. Like, if something doesn't work out with Dak Prescott or Dak Prescott, the contract situation isn't going to be able to work out. Ben is – he's played quarterback for five years in college now, so he can step right in. That's just the way that they think, like a step ahead where, oh, Bro. Let's, let's say Dak gets injured. We don't have to worry about bringing in an old QB. You have somebody that can come in and run the same exact system as – um as um, Dak Prescott, so I think they had an amazing draft too. And bro, it, it pains the- it pains me, but you, you, I have to admit it.
1: Yeah, one of the biggest, I think, one of the sneakiest picks was Tyler Beatus from Wisconsin, bro. Travis Frederick just retired. Yep. And you could just play, you can plug and play like that guy right
2: Ines. there, bro.
1: That's big. They play they play Big Ten like football, like they're gonna run the rock zone run blocking like zone blocking schemes. He's ready day one in my opinion. Like I'm surprised he lasted to the fourth round, but a guy like, skill guys went. That's somebody that's right there. He has a similar makeup to the Travis Frederick. And that's just scary. The fact that they got him in the fourth round, man, it was like they did they did a lot of things right. And you know, it pains me to say Jerry apparently he wouldn't call with nobody in the, in he the,
0: call the, nobody. In the yacht, yeah, Jerry in the yacht was he was, cool. in yeah, four he was going $400 a hundred million, million <laughs> dollar yacht. Just he, chill. Oh my god. Yeah, so it I thought they had a I thought they had a great draft. But as we have we have to give praise to some teams, but there are also some teams that stunk mm-hmm. it up and, <laughs> In the draft, I mean, we we obviously know we obviously know the number one. LQ, I'll start with you here, so you can you can just get it off because oh, I have, I have a take on this team. I can't even say their name right now. So, who, mm-hmm. who is your number one loser from the draft?
2: Oh man, we all know, man. It is number one. the Green Bay. As you all know, as everybody and all the listeners know, Aaron Rodgers is my goat. The greatest of all time. That is my goat quarterback. Since two thousand two. <laughs> the Packers have not drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Let's just talk about that for a (laughs) second. It is April 26, 2020, and they haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round since 2002. Aside from that, this year, 2020, a record number 35 wide receivers were taken in this draft. Not to mention how many have been signed after that as undrafted free agents and things of that sort. But the Packers did not elect I to won. select a wide receiver. Not one.
1: Not one.
2: I don't know if their vision is to do it by trade, by free agency. I don't really think there's many names on the market still available right now. But maybe they're going to get Des Bryant. I don't know. But it, it ain't looking too good for Green Bay. Um, as far as, like, chemistry and things like that, I don't really know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be that big brother to help out. I don't really foresee that happening at all. But um, it could be a possibility. Um, long-term, uh, Jordan Love has to make the Hall of Fame. That's just kind of where it is at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: He's going to make the Hall of Fame for another team. <laughs> not, with, not with the Packers.
2: Because um, I want to say uh, 138 yards after contact last year in that NFC Championship game. And they didn't want to address that. I don't even know how they made it to the NFC
1: Championship game, but they, you know, that's that's, <laughs> man, they, uh, ugh, that's that's just bad, bro. That's bad. I hope they trade A. Rod at least, just tank, just tank it, bro. Free so, A. Rod.
0: So with the Green Bay Packers, um, I don't, I don't even know where to start. So like yeah, you I'm said, bad. LQ, you 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 brought up all the stats of how they haven't drafted a wide receiver since two thousand two and everything uh, in the first round, and that's bad, but. I would understand if in the first round you go defense. This is, this is one of the deepest draft classes. We, we all know, like, there are so many wide receivers that are available. If you, there's a guy you love in the second round, you can go ahead and um, you go ahead and trade up for him if you want him that bad or wait for whatever is best available in the second
2: they round. They traded up to get love, right?
0: Yep. They, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm getting to that.
2: That's, yeah.
0: So you go ahead and you say no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to trade up, lose a later round pick, And draft a QB between. uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at it here. Between the Packers went up to twenty six, so Miami had twenty six. Miami has their QB and Tua, so that's out of there. So Mm -hmm. between the Packers, the Seahawks, the Ravens, and the Tennessee Titans, I don't don't think. Nobody. I don't think any of those teams are going to pick a QB. So you got Russell Wilson.
2: You got Lamar. And he you got, just you got signed that to Tannehill. Tannehill.
0: yeah. So okay, I, don't think, I don't think you're going for any QB in those picks there. So you could have stayed at 30 even if you wanted Jordan Love. So not only did you get a defensive player or an offensive player to protect Aaron Rodgers because he's hurt almost every season because his O-line is terrible. You go up and trade for a quarterback that's not going to be able to play. Aaron Rodgers still has at least – he's – 10 times better than Philip Rivers, and Philip Rivers is 41 years old, still playing in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is 36, like you said, my GOAT, and he's still going to be in the league for at least five years. First-round contracts are five years. So in his fourth year, you're going to be deciding, oh, are we signing Jordan Love to a long-term deal, or are we picking up that option, or are we trading away Aaron Rodgers? Um, if you trade away Aaron Rodgers, you're not putting Jordan Love in a situation where he hasn't gotten any burns. So you don't know if you're paying a QB that sucks. And on the other hand, you're losing Aaron Rodgers where you could have waited next year. There are a bunch of court, better quarterbacks coming out next year than this year. Like, this year there were three, three, four quarterbacks you could say, oh, are very, very good. And then everything else was, eh, okay. Next year you have, you have Justin Fields potentially coming out. You have a Trevor Lawrence. Like, you, you, can, you can work next year with the quarterback market. And Aaron Rodgers will be a year older. And if you're like, oh, he can't get it done, then, yeah, in two years you can get rid of him. But you trade up and then don't – and then get draft a quarterback and not even trade up for a player that can help you immediately. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he, he still went out and reached out to Jordan Love. If I was Rodgers, I would be like, hey, man, trade me to the Patriots. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not dealing with this no more. And then they had the audacity to go throughout the draft and not address the number one issue that all, he brought huh? up. At all. Huh? Like, I would, like the Eagles, like, yeah, they messed up with getting Hurts in the second round, but Howie was like, oh. Oh, I messed up there. He was like, "Epic! I'm, I'm gonna get wide receivers for the rest of the draft. And he got, he got quality guys where they can come in and play. And if Carson Wentz is able to stay healthy, they have a good wide receiving core. But the Packers were like, "Nah, we'll do what we want." And,
2: and that's the thing. Like last year, when Devontae Adams went down, you had um people like maybe like uh Comoro L- trying to step up for a Lazard, game. Like <laughs> Valdez, Scanling, like these these guys are pretty decent, complimentary guys. But when your guy goes out, which one of these guys are going to step up? They had an opportunity to get one of those guys. Uh, I think, like, Pittman went early in the second round. They could have even yeah. you know, done something like that. It's it's a ton of options and ways that they could have gone, but instead they didn't. You brought up the Eagles. Um, last year, after Alshon Jeffrey was getting hurt, they had, like, practice squad guys playing yep. catch. You know what I'm saying? And they had, uh, I want to say... Like four or five wide receivers this class like they're so if anybody gets hurt they got somebody they can plug and they still got like guys like Arceaga Whiteside still there from last year's draft class that's still developing and things like that the Jalen Hurst pick was kind of crazy but I mean oh well
0: I don't know it's it's honestly one of the worst like one of the worst drafts that I've ever seen if I'm Aaron Rodgers I, I went out of a situation like that like and people were comparing it to the Brett Favre. Like, come on, guys. Let's it's not even it. that. This ain't that. This ain't be that. This ain't smarter. Let's be this smarter. Is not this that, is bro. nothing like that. If, if Jordan Love was in the second round and uh the Packers were like, oh snap, he's still here. Yeah, go ahead and pick him up. Or I'll
2: give you this, bro. I'm totally if it fine was with Next that. year, and it was Trevor Lawrence, and they did this. You would not yeah. hear me say a word. Nope.
0: If it was a quarterback that I thought was going to be like next level, like if they got traded up and were like, oh, we want two Tua, perfect. Like, see that?
1: Okay, okay. You gotta respect it's, it. it's not even. It's not even like it's my home situation where yeah. you have a guy like Alex Smith in front of him. And It's Who's obviously like who the successor is. One or two one years, years, yeah. Like this it's is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has four elite years left. Hall of Famer. Like, I don't.
0: I don't know. It, it was. It was. Uh. It was definitely something. It was definitely something yeah. watching uh, the Packers have this draft. I mean. Mike McCarthy's a Dallas Cowboy now and living his best life while the Cowboys organization is tumbling right in front of our face. But Mike, who else was a Henry loser?
1: Crazy man. One of the sneaky losers of the draft was the Las Vegas Raiders, and it's not because of some. Yeah, it's it's because of how they fumbled their first their first round picks. They completely fumbled their first round, in my opinion. Um, you had a draft. You had an opportunity to draft Ceedee Lamb, and I get it. You know. I get it. I get it. Speed has always Speed been the thing. He kills. Yeah. kills Al, Davis, Al, Davis hey, drafted. Al Davis was driving from the grave, yeah. apparently. Davis, RP, RP yeah. Soul and everything like that. But you have Jerry Judy sitting there and you have CeeDee Lamb sitting there. And the first receiver drafted in the, in the 2020 NFL draft. Is Henry Ruggs, and mind you, Henry Ruggs is a, a late first round, say high second round talent.
0: Could we not trade down?
1: <laughs> they want the they wanted the Porsche, bro, bro. And <laughs> all right, now my thing is, the dude is what Henry Ruggs is probably maybe what six foot one ninety five. He runs a four two. We all know he's four two four three. We we know how fast he is. Oh, that, that adding to your offense. You haven't not your offense has not been the same. First of all, since Derek Carr got hurt, You can't even throw downfield. He's not throwing go routes. He had the most checkdowns, even more than Drew Brees did last year. He notoriously, I mean, yes, he had a ridiculously high completion percentage, but the offense was just moving at a, a snail's pace just because of how he was checking down. That's why the um tight end last year on Hard Knocks had such a great year because he was getting fed every now and it was just check down. It's just checkdown. Um, so you're not throwing the ball downfield. And you're not going to really take deep shots with Derek Carr. And that's fine. I guess they built their offense around that. And I guess John Gruden understands that. But when you have a guy like CeeDee Lamb right there, who is a complete route runner, and he's probably at worst, I would say, Devontae Adams within a few years. I feel like you have to recognize that and get him. Um, it doesn't really – it just doesn't really add up to me. And I'm kind of upset that they did that. But their second pick in the first round, when they got Damon Arnett, um. Yeah, David, and, okay, you, you, at 19, you you get Damon Arnett, and it's just like, there were so many better corners, or better options out there, Damon Arnett is, he's not a starting corner anytime soon, they could have easily got digs, and, and taught him a zone, like, I don't
0: know, uh, I, I don't know about that, because Arnett played the whole season with, like, a broken hand. So like
2: with the cast, the, the cast on, he had he had the cast on. Yeah, he had he had a
0: cast on, and yeah. two two years ago, I mean, Chris Carter told him that he needed to go back. He was mm-hmm. not good two years ago. Yeah, he had Okuda, who was taking on the number one receiver each and every week. But at a point where you're at Ohio State, you're playing teams that have like multiple good wide receivers, and the fact that like yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's a, he's going to be like anything special. But I do think he has an ability to develop. Like I don't think he's. For where he was picked, That's not was, terrible.
2: That's that's the issue. That's That's, the issue. that's, that's what rare. I'm saying. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's, that was their problem. They were picking players yeah. too high. Where, where they could yeah. easily trade down. Right. I don't. I, I don't think they
1: have down. any bad picks. No, it's no, just, it, it was That's what I'm saying. It wasn't bad picks. It was where they drafted them. It was the fact that you could have yeah. easily got more on the back end and got yeah. these same guys. Um, I still don't agree with the Henry Ruggs pick, but it's still good value. I, I think C.D. Lamb is that first pick, but Perfect. in the third round, getting Lim Bowden Jr. is amazing. Um, but also picking brian edwards right behind him is a little like why would you get limb bound and then get brian edwards yeah, it was, was yeah. well, of course better receivers out there you could have got he could have done a lot of other things um but and also in the third round you got tandem Muse, who's the immediate carl joseph replacement so it's not bad um the amik robinson pick they had that last pick in the forefront and amik robinson is a good corner there was also corners out there that i wish they would have bought in on uh, udfas um I don't believe they brought Parnell Motley in, who was one of the the best man corners in the draft. They could have got somebody like him. They could have done a lot of other things. Um, It's not necessarily, like I said, a bad draft. It was just where they placed, and I feel like they could have traded down and got more in the back. And their last pick, once again, was a fourth round pick. They could have easily been in the fifth, sixth, or seventh and got some of the talent quality,
0: quality players, yeah.
1: Quality players in this draft, where the draft was literally, I mean, you only get, what, 250-something picks. The draft was 300, 350 deep. Like, it, it's going to be so many UDFAs coming in. So, it's not a terrible draft. The only puzzling pick, in my opinion, is Brian Edwards. Even though I know he's a good player, it's kind of just like, why why did you get him when you just got Lim But But um, I'm not bad at it. It's just I wish they would have done more of what they had. And they kind of reached on their first two. But it, it'll, they'll make it work in their system. It's just like I wish they would have done more of what they had because they had a great opportunity to take leaps. They're still the worst team in the AFC West after the draft. And they had – it's like you, you want to you want to draft a really compete, and they got out drafted in every in every uh form or fashion.
0: Yeah, I I can agree with that. Um, I have a question for you guys. I, I was looking because before we started, this, I was looking at potential uh teams that could be winners or losers. What do you guys think of the Jags, the Jags draft? Because mm. they they try to rebuild like their defense, which was obviously like they have huge holes. You lost Clayus Campbell, you lost yeah. Jalen Ramsley, Like uh, Ngakwe wants to get out of uh, Jacksonville but also like they're notorious for having such a bad offense. So with their first round pick they took uh Chase on from uh LSU. Who mm-hmm. he's he's a good player but there's a lot of boom or bust potential with the type. But Yeah, he got some
1: work to do for sure.
0: So with that like he, they picked him at uh number 20. Mm-hmm. Right under there you have like players like Justin Jefferson, like Kenneth Murray, Brandon Ayuk, like players that – Patrick Queen, players that we know that are legit going to be starters in the NFL for years to come. And they're now, like – you're now getting a guy that could potentially be, like, not in the league in two years versus guys that you know are already going to be, like, starters. They may not get to as high as a, a level as him, but you got you to go true. safety. You got you to be safe. So then I was like, oh, okay, that's, a, that's an all right pick. And then I look, and then they get uh, Lavishka Chenault from – Colorado, Uh, yeah. Another guy who he a lot of potential. Like we think he's going to be really good, but he had injury issues. He's always he's always hurt. And like wide receiver is something that has plagued them for years, and they don't really have anything to um anything to go off of. Where you have that number one guy, where you're like, oh okay, Gardner Minshew is going to be able to going to be able to have like his number one guy. Then they go and they get a defensive tackle in the third round. I mean. I don't want to underplay DT. DT is a very important position,
1: but I feel you don't like you have the, to draft DT in the third round.
0: I feel like if you're gonna go with, if you're gonna go in the third round, there's so many other positions that you need more than defensive tackle. There are a lot of guys that are out there that can plug up a one, like can plug up a three or a one and stop the run for you. But you go ahead and go defensive tackle. So I'm looking at the first three rounds and I'm like, I don't see anybody that you have that's gonna be a significant player for you next year. Like, yeah, let's say let's say it does work out uh, and, Ch- and Chase Young is like a, a pro Bowl type of player, yeah, that's great. But he could also be terrible. So I think the Jaguars also have like a very strange draft for them. Yeah, we, and I, um, I don't know where the, what their plan is like moving forward. Like the, Using the Redskins as an example, they, their plan was we're going to get Chase Young and then from there we're going to work to get Dwayne Haskins the tools that he needs. And we, there was a clear picture of what they wanted in the draft. The Jags, on the other hand, it was like, oh, we'll get a little bit of this, get a little bit of that. But you don't
1: know. Um,
2: just really quickly, the way I see it, just looking at the uh, draft, um, that C.J. Henderson pick, they traded Bouye and they traded Jalen Ramsey, so they had to go corner there. Yeah. Um, the Chase On pick, like you guys said, is just a little bit questionable. Um, the, the last couple of years, they lost Fowler. Um, I know uh, Smith is getting up there in age. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I think the uh, D tackle was the Calais Campbell pick. You know, yeah. to try to plug that in there. Um, the measurables were kind of the same when I looked at it, so yeah. that might be it there. Um, Levishka, uh DJ Chark, and D.D. Westbrook sounds really nice for Trevor Lawrence to play with next year, so <laughs> maybe that could be their plan. Yeah,
0: yeah that, that's, maybe that's it. Like just to We'll just draft like what we think, like guys that could be potential superstars, mm-hmm. and if they're not, well, we got Trevor Lawrence. Like um, anyway. the way they
2: what? built their defense in the past was – I mean, team in the past was just build that defense and just plug in a quarterback. So um, What's hopefully crazy, next yeah. year when the Savior comes out, you can just plug him in there, and maybe they could make some noise in the. Cell. What's crazy
1: is I feel like they, I feel like they had the same mentality they had maybe like in the early part of the decade, like 2013, 12, 13, 14, where they just got a bunch of high talented. 15, of course, too. Yeah, you so remember got a uh, bunch of like black men at yeah. the YRC. Yeah. they got yeah. a bunch of. They got a bunch of a talented <laughs> players in college, and it was like, well, eventually all this talent is gonna make its way and it's gonna work. And they had one year where it really did work. But even then, they still didn't have that quarterback, nope. um, and that's kind of been the only thing that's always been holding them back. And they had literally competent QB play, which you—I guess they are they're not begging on Gardner Minshew. That's that's <laughs> no. Gardner Minshew. I'm not. I'm not going for that. He's not the guy still. <laughs> I guess they're just making on the idea of what they had earlier was if we get we just get talent, like just just raw talent, we try to make it work. Then yeah, I mean maybe it will work, but I don't think they drafted in the same manner they did early part of the decade it was it was it was you know getting AJ Bouye getting Jalen Ramsey getting Dante Fowler all these guys that come in and then you start to build around that these guys were clear like first round second round talent some of these guys I mean they're projects Caleb on chase on is a project I guess he's a great talent but I don't even think he's 21 yet bro like you know, there's other spots I think, you know, guys like Kill Quarterman are going to play a, a a decent role in the defense next year. And he's going to be a guy he probably pops because he's so athletic and so good. But it's also just like, I mean, I feel like they uh, – it's really weird just because you, you want to see how it's going to play out. And you won't really see it play out for the next until like, you know, two or three years down the line. And it's just you kind of hope that everything falls into place like it did before. But still, the problem still remains. They still need a quarterback. And if they win too many games, they're not going to have a quarterback. Um, Garland once again, is not the guy. So you just hope that it plays out. But I, I, it is a questionable drive. It's one of those where I feel like they could have done more of what they had. Um, they had a lot of draft picks. Um, like, they just drafted a lot of guys. Like, I don't know where they're going to fit. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they have, they,
0: so they, well. have, they have guys. And each guy has, like, a significant, like, issue that everybody's aware of. Henderson coming into the draft, he can't tackle. He's, he's a pretty good corner, but he can't tackle. He oh, he's an
1: excellent players. man corner, no zone
2: whatsoever. He, can cover, he just can't tackle. You,
0: you, you know what you got to do in the NFL? You got to be able to play man and play zone, you know, and you got to be able to tackle. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so I, I think that's a high pick. And then it's just going down, everyone is just like a big question mark. And if it all works out, yeah, they're going to look like geniuses, but who knows? They they had a great defense. They let it go. They're trying to reboad now, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but it's going to be. It's going to be um, definitely very strange. The Patriots didn't go ahead and draft a, a QB. They did sign um, Brian Lewerke and another QB from Louisiana Tech. So it seems like they're sticking with uh, Jared Stidham as their guy as he's going to move forward. Before we get out of here, just quick Patriots question: Is there a possibility that the Patriots are the number three team in the AFC East next year? Oh,
1: yes or no. Um, <laughs> It really depends. It really, really depends. Because That's the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo, That's Buffalo had, Buffalo had a, oh, Buffalo Buffalo is had a pretty really good. Buffalo's Buffalo. winning the division.
2: Buffalo's winning the we, division. we, have seen Buffalo like this before. Before that, like resurgence of the Jets, that last mm-hmm. couple years before, yeah. like that. The Bills were good.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Tyrod Taylor. It's,
2: it's if you guys go back to that and have that consistency, the AFC East can be theirs. This i The I'm Dolphins, it, however are telling you guys that we're here now.
1: Yeah, it's sneaky. Brian Flores is not playing with y'all.
2: Those games they lost last year were not on purpose, and they were very close games. Yeah. Oh,
1: it was sneaky. He, he didn't try to tank. He, he schemed, schemed them up. Every yeah.
0: other coach would have tried to tank it. Those,
1: Those are really important wins to a young team too. Like, hey, we beat the Patriots when they had Brady build. It was going, he wanted to buy. We said, no, I need that. You're not so getting to buy. That,
2: that's huge. Um, The Jets, however, they had a Draft similar to
1: the Jaguars where they just got like guys. guys, yeah, they got guys,
0: <laughs> good bodies. <laughs> and so, I, mean,
1: I mean, this this pass draft is it's it's interesting just because they didn't, it's you know, the quarterback. Needed. It is spooky. It they got a bunch of Bill guys, and you can tell because their first three picks were all high value defensive guys, and then they went tight end. They went two tight ends back to back. This is a Bill Belichick draft, and they went mm-hmm. kicker in the fifth round from Marshall. Like, all right, bro. All
0: right, yeah. Yeah, I, like. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll do a deeper dive onto uh, each team and get into their off-season uh, grades and everything. So that's going to wrap it up for our draft coverage. We'll be back, like I said, with a lot more coverage. We'll, we'll get into teams, their off-season, their draft, and put it together, give you a grade for Mike, for Micah, and for LQ. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.